This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character. A problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Hey, a little different than usual. Uh, what do you say? I, 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 this is not Monday. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're not familiar, on Mondays, Tiffany and I do a comic book review show where we talk about books in the past week. Uh, this time around, we normally do one topic, break it down for about an hour. Uh, we're going to try and condense it because I don't want to overinflate this kind of topic. I think it's kind of fun, and I really want to just explore the possibilities of this topic, and because Tiffany has some familiarity with the Valiant Universe, and because uh, I trust her as, like, my kind of talent editor, I would love to hear her in... If if we need to jazz it up, we need to freestyle it on the go, I'm gonna need you there. You know, it's like Jeff Goldblum on the scout ship to the mothership from Independence Day. If you need to come up with something on the fly, who else but you would be better to come up with that? Well, you know, I always want to save the the planet. (laughs) Well, let's try and... Dude, you really set me up for that one. It's true, it's true. So uh, what we're going to do here today is we're going to New 52 Valiant. Uh, The reason, like, people are probably like, okay, so you could have talked about anything. Why are you talking about New 52 and Valiant? Uh, We've done a number of, like, let's fix or (laughs) let's improve or let's reboot... Yeah. Marvel, DC, I thought, why don't we do it with a universe that you might not be as familiar with? Or if you are really familiar with it, you're like, yes, this episode's for me! Yeah, yeah, Finally! Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the most fun and freeing, honestly, like uh, aspect of this kind of exercise is that because you may only have a passing familiarity, or maybe you're only familiar with like two or three characters, it gives us a lot of freedom. And it allows us to do some really broad strokes with this kind of like playing as publisher exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that we can really, really blow the doors off of this universe in a way that doesn't offend or upset most people. You know, yeah, like, yeah. if you say, hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to we're going to reboot DC. Here's something crazy. Batman is XYZ. People are going to be like, no, as opposed to it being like a fun discourse, being like an exercise and like talking about and highlighting talent. Instead becomes, you're wrong, and I'm not listening to what you have to say because you violated this, like, major thing about this character. Uh, if you're not familiar with the show, by the way, if you want to support or sub- or sponsor today's episode, you can do so by watching it live and using the Super Chats, ask a question, make a comment, and we'll read it here on the program. Uh, so, let's jump into it. This is basically, so here it is. Uh, the Valiant Universe is, if you're not familiar, an interconnected universe where uh, superheroes and non-superheroes characters all dwell within that universe. Um, You may have caught the Bloodshot movie before the pandemic hit. Uh, If not, don't worry about it. (laughs) He's not actually in that universe in the movies anyway. Uh, But Bloodshot is part of that universe. Exo Manowar, Shadow Man, Ninjak, uh, and of course the team of Harbinger. Yep. Um, they actually tried up a bunch of new characters, yeah. or not new characters, but characters that you might not be familiar with. Dr. Tomorrow is in there. Yeah. Uh, Faith was from Harbinger and also got a lot of play. Uh, she's actually getting her own uh, uh, young adult book. Oh. So that's kind of fun, and you you might see her a little bit more than you would have without that exposure. Right, right, right. 
Uh, but you, yeah. You, you missed my favorite. What was that? Dr. Mirage. Dr. Mirage. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm not alone. Most people forget about Dr. Mirage. Why, Tiffany? Because it's magic. Magic. Magic always gets the raw end of the deal, even on you the know, Elseworlds Exchange. I, I just can't buy that. Because then you look at like Harry Potter and I'm like, nope. Nope. Yeah. Can't. can't. Yeah, but there's no, there's no complicated bullshit when it yes. comes to Harry Potter's magic. It's just like... You say the thing, but silly, and is, you can no, do there, it. There is. There is some complicated bullshit. Yeah, but, it's, sure. but it's interplay. It's people. Right. You know, it's like the complicated bullshit is my teacher was in love with my mom, and he's mad at me. You know, like that's the complicated. There's, that's relatable. You know, if you're reading young adult fiction. I, I think horcruxes are complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It, that's, it, it's, it's asking a lot. Yeah, but like that, like Dr. Mirage is one of my favorites. Um... You also forgot Quantum and Woody, Quantum and Woody. Archer and Armstrong. I like, did, I just, did. Well, I didn't forget them. I just, I didn't want to waste time like no, introducing I, everyone to the Valiant I universe. I think it's, it's a good like call to like mention a bunch of them because like what Valiant has, much like DC and Marvel have, is like there's a comic topic for everyone there. Yes. You know what I mean? If you like a genre, you're probably going to find it there as well. Right. So I just want to bring it up. That's not a bad point. Um, and in fact, like so, Valiant has been around for over thirty years. Uh, when they debuted in the early nineties. Uh, they were already an interconnected universe, mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of characters that they rolled out with. In fact, th the thing you probably are the most familiar with, if you're like an old school comic book fan, and you were like, I didn't read Valiant, you may have read Deathmate. <laughs> and Deathmate was that series where Valiant crossed over with Image, and it was not numbered. Instead, it was colored. Yeah, it was color-coded. Yeah, so Deathmate Black, Deathmate Yellow, Deathmate Epilogue, which took place as issue two or three. What? Did they do like the like CMYK? Was it like cyan, yellow, magenta, and black? Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was brilliant. I mean, like the idea and the the effort that went into it was fun. If you, I don't have time to get into Deathmate, but like, I'm actually going to use it as a little bit of a template because what they did in that issue or in that series was they kind of like threw all the characters at you mm. and threw some of their best artists at you, and they said like here. I believe Gen 13 actually debuted in Deathmate Black. That's hilarious. And in like an alternate reality where they had, where each of them gets executed, if, 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 except for Fairchild. But like, you know, hey, here's your debut of these yeah, characters. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was a decent springboard because like, even though like people, because Deathmate had a crazy pre-order like pre number, mm -hmm. even though like most people didn't read the goddamn thing. But, uh, it was still coveted because it was like the launching pad for those characters. Right, right. Um, but anyway, I like the idea behind Deathmate because it was like a big universe spanning thing and it threw you in the deep end. It's like, here's a bunch of characters. Bleh. And, and, and the universe is at stake. Mm -hmm. um, also foil covers. Also foil covers. Gorgeous. <laughs> um, you, you can instantly recognize them. Yes. When you're looking at, when you see thousands of them in the long boxes. But... Um, the reason why I wanted to get into the, 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 the rebooting of Valiant was because Valiant has always been an interconnected universe, mm -hmm. and it has already gone through a number of reboots, and I think there's some golden opportunity Yes. for a reboot, for a, a showy, flashy, explosive reboot in a way that the big two have capitalized on and practically driven into the ground. They they have. Right? For sure. You know, like, Marvel <laughs> and DC, when they say that they're going to kill somebody, you're kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. again. Yeah. Or, well, they'll be back. You know, it's, it's always met with cynicism. It's right. always met with, like, 
derision mm-hmm. as opposed to enthusiasm, excitement, or new possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the Valiant universe, for the most part, dead means dead. Right. And when you do make those stunts, it's so rare that it ought to perk your ears up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And because we are not only comic book commentators, yes. but also we, I think, are educated enough to know what some of the sales trends are for some of these things. Like, yeah. when someone tells you, hey, I want to sell a comic book, mm-hmm. first of all, you go, well, be prepared to make no money. Yeah. Uh, but course. once you get past that and you realize that they're doing it for the love of it, and you know that they want it to get it in as many people's hands as possible, you know a few, you learn a few things and you pick up a few tricks along the way. And some of those tricks are to play to convention. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to get more people into a ballpark, you make sure to sell hot dogs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you do the things, the trappings that are associated with your field. Yeah, yeah. And in comic books, if you want to get more people to read your books, you need to do a few things, right? Yeah. What are the, some things that attract you to reading a book what, that you would never normally pick up? Um, I'm not gonna lie. The cover cover out is the, big. Out of the gate, like I know we we often like joke about the adage of like don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover is one of the like key selling points when you're either shopping digitally or shopping physically. It's the first thing you see, yeah, and it is competing with a thousand similarly mm-hmm. engaging images. Yeah, and I I think oftentimes a smart publisher takes the cover as an opportunity to set the tone for what's inside. Right. And so like, I've, I have been drawn to many a book I never would pick up and have enjoyed based on the cover. I've also been drawn to covers that I, I peek it open and, and I look inside and I'm like, this is not what this advertised. Well, and that's the worst is when it's false advertising yeah. or when it was used as just a means to get and you to read I'm it. I'm not going to blame the variant. The variant cover is very different, but that main cover really should encapsulate the content or the tone of the book. Yes. To some degree. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't even necessarily have to promise to give you what's inside I the don't, book. I don't need to know the ending. I don't need to know every like, plot point that's going to happen. I just need to know, like, is this, like, dark and gritty? Is this, like, fun and whimsical? Like, what, what am I getting into here? So you believe that a cover should elicit an emotion more than it should convey a story? I think at times, yeah. I mean, like, sure, for, like, some of, like, your more well-known characters... They don't have to worry about that quite so much. This was one of my complaints during the like latter half of Slot's run when he had mm-hmm. Alex Ross doing the Spider-Man covers. Yeah. And he was doing like conventional covers, mm-hmm. but they're Alex Ross. And I was like, you're diminishing the Alex Ross brand by having him draw <laughs> mundanities. Like I was like, that sucks. Like who is this character Spider-Man's fighting? Right. In this undynamic circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved it when they launched, uh, when Peter was like the head of Parker Industries. It was like, Peter Parker, Spider-Man driving a car. Like it was supposed to be like, oh, I don't know what is going to happen. Yeah. But then you kept doing it. For contrast. Yes. Alex Ross's run on the uh, on the Al Ewing Hulk story. Mm-hmm. He has been doing nonstop covers, and those are each their own horror movie cover. And that's cool. Like, but you're doing something there. But they're and it's doing still, something. And there, it's was, still there was direction. Setting the tone. Yeah, absolutely. For a moral hope. In absolutely. So, cover is important. The other thing I think that's important is the creative team. Oh if you have my names God. Yeah. on that, and they have to, they don't have to necessarily be the biggest names. It's not like it's like we got Greg Capullo on Bloodshot. You're mm-hmm. well, like you know, I I don't necessarily think it's as important, but I do think that. 
in today's world of social media and brand management for literally everybody, yeah. like Comic Pop's a brand, Tiffany is her own brand. Like, you know, your, your, your Twitter handle is you and you're selling that, not necessarily with, with financial gain, but like no. it's, it's a, <laughs> every single thing. Like if you get a Spider-Man book, it's not just Spider-Man. It's also Nick Spencer's a brand. Alex Ross is a brand. Right. Uh, well, but each, but because of that, People follow those brands, yeah. And so, if you're, it's it's playing a game more or less when you're playing uh, when you're editor and when you're publisher to like know what brands, you know, what what chocolate and peanut butter combination is going to make the tastiest, most sellable. Flavor. No, it's it's true. And again, in the age of social media, it's even more easy to reach out to these creators or to like get hints from these creators that they might and so like listen that. in terms of art like yeah like i'm the kind of person i definitely want to follow artists like, right I, I love seeing what like getting peeks into what they're working on but in terms of writers there are people who like there are writers who have cult followings because yeah. it's just like this is the type of quality and story you're going to get from this individual and like you'll tend to try anything that they do right you know what i mean and like like checking them out on social media kind of gives you that like like hint and feeling of like oh i'm working on this project oh i didn't i would have never found out about that yeah especially if they're working at another you know, publisher. publisher like you may not notice and like you know most most comic book stores don't list their comics by creators <laughs> so you no. just have to be in the know yeah that's but true. yeah i think the creative team can often get people to try something they may not normally just right. because of who's on the book yeah see how it's like it, you're playing a game more or less yeah. you're trying to come up with like what combinations what sells a book mm -hmm. and i think that those combinations are important and also and I hate to say this because, like, people complain about it constantly, including myself, uh, sensationalism. Yeah. If you are, like, when you have a best-selling TV show, mm -hmm. you can sell a show, an episode, where it's like, no one does anything in this episode. Right. Or it's a musical episode. Yes. Because you've already parlayed the enthusiasm about your show. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. With a comic book, you are constantly fighting every other media out there yeah. and you can't afford to i hesitate to say have integrity but like to uh, play the high road when it comes to sensationalism mm -hmm. and playing on tropes and conventions i do believe that it's important especially in the new 52 or in the in the big twos place mm -hmm. <clears throat> your brands are assured they have footholds they have a guaranteed bedrock number that they're selling. Mm -hmm. So you can play fast and loose. You can try different things. You can get experimental with it. Sure. But when it comes to like characters that you don't necessarily recognize, you don't necessarily know, you got to lean on some of those tropes to get folk in the door. Yes and no. Right. Yes I, and no. I don't think it's, because, it's like, so throw away well, integrity and caution no, I, and just I, make it all garbage. I don't necessarily, I don't agree with that. I was going to say, I think it also depends on um, the type of reader yes. and your audience because it's like, if, who you're you're trying talking, to sell to. if you're talking about creator owned comics, yeah. you don't, you don't have that. You got to sell it basically on like the name the alone, na like the, the character, the people's names, like, like the, the, the team. And also like that little synopsis you sometimes might look into, you know what I mean? Yeah. And word of mouth. Right. But but more often than not, it's about what the creative team is yeah. more than it is about who, who's work. Yeah, than, than it is what it's about. Right, right, right. But you, I remember uh, Something's Killing the Children. Yep. You were like, I like Just League Dark. Yep. And that premise sounds dope. So yeah. it, was a, it was a perfect it combination. Was, it was a really great combination. Like, I was just like, I'm like, you know, all in on Tynan right now. So yep. I'm like, I'm following him around. Like a, exactly. like a comic groupie. And why not? Because like, that's how I think a lot of comics are sold. And that's mm -hmm. how, that's where we are in the comic book industry. Yes. And it's, and 
it's also where creators want you to be. Yeah. Because they want, because as much as they want to write for your favorite character, they also want to create your favorite character and be able to bank that. Sure. So they're hoping you'll follow them around. Absolutely. So those are a couple of thoughts, but the reason why I mention them is because I want you to understand like where I'm going with this, because when it comes to rebooting Valiant, Mm -hmm. If no, if, if if not enough people are reading it to begin with, why bother? Like, why not just roll out with new creative teams and new books and just let the good work speak for itself? Well, because that's one of the things that gets not only, like, people interested, but the speculator market interested is a reboot <clears throat> new number ones. Absolutely. Because everyone wants to have the opportunity to be on the ground floor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, you don't always want to have to untangle 30 <laughs> years of continuity. No, even if you don't have to, even if there isn't yeah, there. Yeah, So, I mean, like, you, you could just start with a new number one and with a new creative team, but... You know, if you don't say that it's a reboot, then ever like folk know that it's like there was something that came before this, right? And like I might need, I I really might need, need to know it. what's happening there, as opposed to with the reboot where it's like, if I want to, I can find out, yeah. And like maybe there's like subtle references in the new like runs right. that are coming out, but you do know that you don't have to, yeah. Like, and there's some comfort in that, and there's some enthusiasm in that. There's mm-hmm. there's uh there's strength in knowing you don't have to do the research. That you are at square one, the same as everybody. Yep. And I think that's really important. It's something that you need to capitalize on. Right. But long-term fans have the history that they can also use to, like, you know... Unpack, unpack or understand. and, like, or, you know, or get cool. references or maybe, like, like have that comparison of, like, where is this going? Where, where do I think it's going? So it gives them, a, like, an inside track, yes. kind of. Well, but it also gives them the opportunity to be, like blown away oh like, it does to be surprised yeah. like where they're like oh i know where this is going and then it doesn't i mean yeah, like how sure. many times i mean part of the reason why i love zadarsky's run on daredevil is because i'm like oh like i thought it was going this way and it zigged where it zagged like yep. it, it's that kind of surprise mm-hmm. that is the benefit to being a longtime comic book reader is that it, and i think it's how you really cinch a love for a creator mm-hmm. is by taking someone who has some long-standing understanding of a character or or the convention and then surprising them and teaching mm-hmm. them you can still be surprised. Sure. It also like opens up the opportunity for longtime fans to have new conversations with other like new fans who are right. coming in and be like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, if you want to read more about this, I could recommend some other like books as well, like that are within that character's history. Absolutely. And like guide in a way. Yeah. So it's cool. It gives, you know, old fans and new fans, like... Equal a, footing. Yeah, equal footing and, like, a different experience. And exactly. And, like, there's something for them both there. Right. And that's the thing is you're trying to get the maximum amount of people to read and buy your books. Mm-hmm. So you are you have to open yourself up to these new ideas. Yeah, especially if you're not doing it over and over again. Right. Like, it gives it weight. Mm-hmm. Like, it gives... if you If you're not constantly rebooting or, like, know that you can fall back on that reboot, like then a reboot means something. Exactly. And like that might get people even more excited. Right. And that's that's a good segue into the actual plan Mm -hmm. because I think it's high time for a reboot for Valiant. Mm -hmm. And even though Valiant had published books in the 90s, they had a renaissance in the 2012s, (laughs) or rather started in 2012, and 
<clears throat> in today's world, there are very different books being published today yep. versus even the previous management's books. Oh, sure. And some of them, even better. Yeah. I will argue, are actually better than the previous management's. Mm -hmm. But there is an affinity and a growth of that brand from the previous management. And there was not a hard reboot. Mm -hmm. They just came out with books. And they were very flashy about it. Yeah. So they they did one way. They did one method of trying to gain awareness and mm -hmm. get people to read their books. Right. Uh, they put high-profile creators on their books, mm -hmm. and they were really, really loud about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a bad move. But... They've also they were also a terrific test case mm -hmm. for how for what works and what doesn't. Yep. Because you've heard a thousand times in every environment, someone saying, "If only this, then that. Right. If only I had this, I would be here. Right. If only they had this, that, and the other thing, they'd be at this place." And it's only hypothetical. But when you have these test cases, you can say, "Oh, actually." If Valiant had a whole crap load of money mm -hmm. and they threw it all at their characters and everywhere and, and, and everyone, they would be major. They did that. Yeah. And it wasn't. Right, right. It made a bunch of fans. And I think that's commendable and impressive and wonderful. For sure. But it also is a good test case to prove that it's not always about this. That one thing is not the cure-all, fix-all. Right, right. And so I should also caution that, like, the reboot idea isn't the one idea. No, for sure. And it's not the it's not like doing that will fix or grow or blow up or do anything. Yeah, for, an, for any... For any situation. For any situation, for any company. Right, exactly. That being said, I think that based on what you said about the strength of the reboot mm -hmm. and the, the, the weight of a, of, of a universe... Doing it for the first time yeah. gives you the ability to gain some traction and footholds in places that are your wheelhouse. Yeah. So it's like Valiant saying, because because of Valiant never did reboot mm -hmm. officially, like on right. paper. Right, right, right. Saying it out loud allows you to get the eyes on your product. Yes. In a way that you... Can't again, but have never before. Mm -hmm. And if not now, then when? Right, right. So uh, let's get into it. But before we do, Super Chats. Okay. Um, there but were a bunch gonna, of them. I'm going to have a but drink of water. Let me take a selfie. Uh, Saud Althani is here. Says, good day. Good day to you too, man. Hope you're doing well. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon. I think it's like actually just about noon around where you are. We'll see. Uh, but thank you, man. Welcome. Uh, Sam Anderson, as usual, Tiffany has taste. Love Dr. <laughs> Mirage and all the characters that deal with the dead side. Got any plans for that concept or location? I do. I had a pitch. It didn't make it into this episode because it's not feasible. Mm. It's a wish list. It's a, it's a, it's a, I'll throw it out to the universe. Yeah, yeah, please. Kind of pitch for that book. Yeah. Um, but I know the creator doesn't usually write for non-creator owned characters. Right. Um, but my pitch for creative team, if I was getting a Dr. Mirage limited series, would be, ready for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Hill <laughs> and Mike Del Mundo. Yeah, well, that would be freaking awesome. <laughs> like, <clears throat> that's my pitch. I would love to see what Joe Hill would do. With the dead side. With the dead side, with Dr. Mirage, with the lore and the mythos around it. Yes. Um, and I, that would sell like crazy. I think right it would now. sell pretty well. I think it would get folk who were interested in Doctor Mirage, you know, picking yeah. it up. But I think it would also get the Joe Hill folks checking it out. Yeah. 
Um, and I just want to see Mike Del Mundo drawing. Do these, that, that kind of fantastic yep. element, yeah. Yeah, that's my pitch. <laughs> <clears throat> Not a bad pitch. Thanks. This is why you're my senior editor. Well, thank you. Uh, in terms of like the concept, I'm gonna let him take care of that. Right, exactly. I and have that's... a feeling it's gonna skew a little darker. Yeah. But like, I appreciate Hill's ability to craft a dark story that has like it can have like that like gory visceral mm -hmm. sort of look, but it can really target that like lingering yes sort of horror with it. Yeah. And I I don't I don't mind the idea of a darker Doctor Moreau. No, of course not, and, and especially if you are not subject to like a, 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 a comics code authority mm -hmm. even then even when they started they weren't mm -hmm. um which was revolutionary yeah uh but they also are able to reach anyone right. because of their kind of like niche quality yeah but that's just again that's a wish <clears throat> like and i know that that is not that's not feasible that's not right really now. feasible but like the but rest it'd be of these, cool. the rest of these, I think they're more feasible on the, the list. But yeah. I was like, if I, hey, you, like, Sam gave me the opportunity to, to pitch that one. I'm like, no, I'm gonna put it out there. Good, the good. Maybe Joe Hill's a huge Doctor Mirage. Who fan. knows? You know he watches. Yeah, hey, Joe, Joe Hill's a big fan. Thank you very much, Joe. <laughs> uh, Radical Radish, always hair for my for the YouTube comic book power couple. Thank you very Aww, much, Radical Radish. Appreciate it. Uh, Weeby and Geeky, who are Valiant three flagship characters. I think it's Bloodshot, EXO, and Ninjak. But it could be any number of characters, and that's the thing, is that um, any of those characters have the opportunity to knock one of them out of the top side. I, I agree with Bloodshot. <clears throat> I might also put Faith in there somewhere. Faith has become one. Yeah, I, if we if we were doing, like, you know, DC had the three pillars and they made it four pillars? For Harley? Faith, yeah. I think it's become the fourth pillar. Absolutely. Uh, Edward Howard. <clears throat> Edward Howard. Sorry. <laughs> Longtime fan, never watched live, but you got to quit killing my guy Red Hood, lol. I'm sorry, man. Thank you, Edward, for uh, hanging out with us. And I'm not killing Red Hood. I promise you, though. Aren't you, though? He is going to play a major role in Three Jokers. Yeah, um, it seems like it. I mean, he's already doing it. There's only three issues. So, uh, with respect to rebooting Valiant, mm -hmm. I think it starts with this. Because yeah. here's the thing. It's all about getting people to look and pay attention and speculate. Mm -hmm. You have to play to all of the strengths. And so I think this... I think this concept is how you get the, mo the like the largest sales for any Valiant books that have ever happened. No big uh, expectations here; just the best selling books they've ever had. Yeah. So here's my here's the pitch: Kill Valiant. The event is called the death of the Valiant universe, mm -hmm. or like so and so kills the Valiant universe. Right. And you pick whatever. But the fact is, you need to. Play on the death trope, okay. I think. Okay. If, it, it, cynically speaking, death sells, especially if you've never killed anyone yeah. in your universe. Or if you if you have, it was in a previous guard, but there's no, you never really made a big deal of it. Mm -hmm. With the death of the Valiant universe, you're killing everyone. Right, right. So you get the death of Bloodshot, the death of Exo, the mm -hmm. death of Dinjak, the death of everyone, the death of all the Psyops. Right. Archer and Armstrong die. Quantum and Woody die. You know, everyone dies. But not in a, like, not in a stupid way where it's like they all stand there and watch, like, an incursion happen. Right, right, right. But, like, whatever current books you have published, you have the opportunity to double dip in the speculator market because you'll get the death of folk who want to get that issue. And yes. then the next reboot, number mm -hmm. one, Folk. Yeah. Now that being said, there are only a few titles being published by Valiant at any given moment. Sure. So 
you get this mini series. And so the pitch is the book is called the death of Mount universe. It's a four part event Mm -hmm. with three single issue tie-ins that give you a like higher profile look at some element from that event that gives you like a, a, like more breath, more length, more attention that sell that. Those three issue tie-ins are the death of character, character, character. And it shows the like gravity of what's happening in the four-part Death of the Universe book. Right. It is universe-destroying as well, by sure. the way. Sure. Because it has to be. Because if we're going to New 52 reboot this, you have to go huge. Yeah, and you need you need to have... if You, you need to have either no one remember or that one person who remembers as and, you're like, break glass in case of... And <laughs> so you know exactly where I'm going with this because... That is so you kill the universe. Uh-huh. So we've 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 number one, we've created a mini series we've never done before. Number two, it's we're playing on the death trope. Number three, we're killing each character. Uh, we're getting three titles that each highlight on that, mm-hmm. and we're setting up a reboot because we've already teased to all the comic news outlets out there. Hey, we're killing the Valiant Universe, and we're coming back with a reboot. Right. So they can play with that as well. So sure. it's a four-part event, and. My idea here is, and it could be any, it, it could be someone else, but my thought was, if you're going to do it for the first time, yeah, why not go back and call back on someone who used to be in Valiant that isn't anymore, but could probably be reacquired? Okay. Because of the nature of... The, char- the company that owns the character. Okay. I know that, like, if we're trying to make... If you're, we're trying to make sales, we're trying to make big money here, why am I spending money to acquire a character yeah. that's only the linchpin of this thing? Uh-huh. Because you're going to use that character later on, and sure. because I think it's another way to really appeal to classic Valiant fans, mm-hmm. speculators, and people who've never heard of these characters, but just are there for the cool art. Yep. And I think it's time for Valiant to reacquire Solar Man of the Atom. Oh. Solar Man of the Atom was actually not a Valiant original creation, but he was acquired from a previous company. Uh, this character can do anything and can be anything and was responsible for universal reboots already within his own universe. Okay. And within the Valiant universe itself. So having Peter Selinsky actually be a crucial role in this, I think is crucial. Okay. And it holds, helps to also inflate the sales of the Death of the Valiant universe. Mm-hmm. If it's not enough, we're killing Valiant. If it's not enough, we're doing a reboot. If it's not enough, it's only four issues. Why not? We also have Solar Man of the Atom in there. Right. So it's a it's a one, two, three, four punch of inflating sales. Right. Plus you got gorgeous covers. Yeah. Uh, maybe a bleeding V. I don't know. Uh, really play up the 90s nostalgia. Yeah. But Solar Man of the Atom, the idea here is that Peter Slisky finally comes back and the universe is not what he remembers. Okay. That he remembers it from the 90s. Right, right, right. And he's like, this is not what I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, the reason why he even would have any universal issues is because apparently he rebooted the universe in an effort to try and stop a spider alien apocalypse from happening. Okay. And so the threat for me, and this is just creatively, and I don't want to really influence the creative side. I just want to kind of be like, put these creatives on, t- on, on these teams. But yeah, yeah. when it comes to selling the death, what do you do? There's the spider alien apocalypse coming. Right. We need this reboot. 
he's plagued by these visions because it happens in the year 4001, which is where 4001 comes from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but Solar's like, it's. It, I know it's coming. This is not familiar to me. He tries to pull in heroes from throughout the Valiant universe. So he pulls characters from the 90s mm-hmm. and from the 2010s and from now. And he's like, none of you are ready for this. None right. of you can prepare for this. Okay. You're not ready to defend. Because it's coming now. And eventually, mm-hmm. and, and so, X, Y, Z, the universe reboots. Yeah, yeah. Like, essentially, Solar comes in contact oh, with... Oh, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it Phil Selinski? It's Phil. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait. I'm sorry. It is Phil. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. I just want to get that out there now. Essentially, what I would pitch is Solar ultimately comes in contact with Divinity. I was going to ask about, like, how come you weren't using Divinity? Well, you can use... And the thing is, if you can't acquire Solar, just use Divinity. Mm. But I think that you're really going to get some fans back in there if you use... If you bring back Solar. Okay. If you you acquire Solar. Right, right, right. Uh, Especially since no one's using him in any capacity. But but the reason for that is because Solar would come come into conflict with Divinity, Mm -hmm. and there would be this, like, universal conflict... They come in contact with the Armada, which is coming 2,000 years early. Okay. And essentially the two of them sacrifice themselves. to, And their, like, the expenditure of their, of their equal energies resets the universe. Right. When Phil wakes up, yeah. the universe is different. Okay. And he remembers everything, but no one else remembers anything. Okay. And Divinity is no more, but the essence of Solar's nostalgia... And Divinity's desire for a stronger universe, for mm-hmm. a stronger world to defend against, to defend against the oncoming threat, creates a different kind of valiant, a different kind of world. Yeah, a world that is almost wholly unfamiliar to your average valiant reader. Okay, but because it's narratively structured so that it, it makes sense, you know, you're you're not like, oh, it's different, but I don't like it. You know, it's different because of this. Right, right. Because there is this threat because the threat is still coming. Like, because that spider alien apocalypse is still coming. And maybe it's even coming sooner because the universe was rebooted. They're even stronger than they were. So like the Borg. Yes. Kind of. Yes. That there's this. A a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That there's this looming threat. Yeah. I gotta tell you, as you're describing this, I'm immediately imagining it as like a story that is told like through a narrative device that is like, destiny in like yeah like like reading the book so it's almost like you know solar yeah we get his memories and then when he wakes up i would have him not remember everything initially but he right. knows something's wrong right there's something wrong or yeah. something different or yeah. he, he feels this compulsion because the other thing is here he phil could also be like no i'm not like he's not solar anymore yeah and he so he's on his own personal quest that can actually show up later in the reboot to become solar again. Mm-hmm. So you reuse solar. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you can set up a new solar. Sure. Um, so you kill the universe. Mm-hmm. Universe is destroyed. Uh, of course, you could have the spider aliens reach Earth and kill everyone that way. You could have there be like a conflict within the government itself. Mm-hmm. You could have all these deaths be personal. Um, whatever you want to do. Right. Again, it's just a template. Mm-hmm. But you're killing the Valiant Universe, you kill every character. You reboot it, you infuse it with Divinity's sense of strength yes. and Solar's sense of what of the familiar, and you get the reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A complete systemic reboot with 
top-down redesigns of everything. Yeah, which is exciting because, A, it's exciting because, you know, then you've got people who are like, I love this, you know what I mean? I'm in, like, you, you know, again, everyone's seeing it for the first time. Yep. Also, it's exciting for creators to get involved. Yes. Because they get to put their mark 100%. This is how you lure in creators that normally wouldn't take over a title like this because you're saying, number one, you're starting at one, your character, like your influence on this character will be the direction of this character going forward. You are not a chapter in their saga. You are the opener. Mm -hmm. You're the opening act. You're blowing the doors off of it and introducing everyone to this new version, your version of this character. Yeah. And normally I would be trepidatious about that kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Your version of Spider-Man, go. <laughs> but with these creators, I trust them enough Yes. To be able to reboot these characters in a way that is still beholden to their core, mm -hmm. but they these creators have integrity enough to say, I'm throwing away this. Yep. Or I'm doing something else. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we picked these creators. Yeah, for sure. They're also creators, I think, that are realistic enough to get. It's not just like, oh, I want Joss Whedon to do this and Jeff Johns to do that. and It's not going to be that kind of pitch. These are pitches for creators who would be enticed by this premise. Mm -hmm. And I believe, and you believe as well, I, I hope. I was speaking <laughs> for you. But like, that they would treat the reboot seriously and take it as far as they could. They wouldn't just go like, okay, so... It's, I'm just going to use the old version. Right. And put a couple, and put some spinning rims on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. So the reboot would be a complete systemic reboot, total redesigns, new origins, yeah. and everything. Mm -hmm. And you, hopefully it's palatable because you know that their origins have to be different to defend against the threat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because you have an interconnected universe, why not? hang that thread on the wall mm -hmm. to remind your readers. And this plays on, I think, the DC Rebirth trope, which is like, holy shit, the button. Holy shit, Dr. Manhattan, what's going on? Right. So everyone enjoyed Rebirth. And like, the best thing about Rebirth was Superman and introducing John. John had nothing to do with Dr. Manhattan or anything. But you could have these original stories that were palatable and enjoyable and like brought in new readers and satisfied old readers and yet right mm -hmm. there's this reminder hey don't forget there's yeah, this thing there's happening this thing happening so that's that's yeah, the yeah. thing so that, that so you get this reboot but you also have it connected to that so uh the reboot would be you hang that on the wall uh Selinsky's like walking around the Valiant Universe, mm -hmm. maybe in other people's books. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have his own book because we're too busy building. Right. We're growing. And that's sure. the that's the big thing is that what you're trying to sell to your like to the to the cynical comic news outlets out there is we killed the Valiant Universe, yes. To get your money. Yeah, yeah. We want your money. But from here on out, it is about growth, rebuilding, and renewal. Mm -hmm. It is not about Okay, we know death works now, so we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the the door is open. Yeah, it's about like yes, we we did something flashy to get your your cash, but we're going to also be telling meaningful stories. Yeah, and that, we needed to do it in order. Yeah. We justified doing it to get to this point. Mm -hmm. Um, really quick, I'm just gonna jump into some super chats because okay. I know they were sitting there. Uh, 
Here we go. Uh, Edward Howard, uh, Valiant's my favorite universe. I would love to see more of the ninjas under Ninja comic, i.e. Ninja E, and more Toyo Harada, a solo series. I had an idea for Harada, but I'm going to table him for now, just to get through this whole thing. Yeah. But uh, I like your thinking, Edward. Good call. <laughs> uh, Zagbot says, Hey, Silent Tiffany, Truffles here, typing from work to pop in. Say hello and wish you a wonderful day. Gotta bounce, be safe. Thank you, Truffles and Zagbot. Thank Appreciate it, man. So Thanks much. very much for hanging out with us. Uh, and get back to work. Uh, Tevia says, what about Bloodshot's daughter? Can she get a title? No. Uh, but only because she doesn't exist yeah, yeah, in yeah. this universe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's, you see, the, and the, 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 the corporate thing to say is, well, listen, I love Bloodshot's daughter. I think she's an incredible character, and I think she has such potential. Right now, we're at this phase in our, peer, in, in our publishing, mm-hmm. but there's always room for more in the future. Right. So, uh, we get to the reboot. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I think... It should start with these four books. I think these are the four books that sell the characters and sell the universe and don't confuse people. Because Valiant had a bunch of other interesting titles that came out. Mm -hmm. Like Doctor Tomorrow. Like Punk Mambo. Yeah. And those titles were so different and so out there and so like not connected to the universe that it made me think that made it made people go like is this even a connected universe anymore right. and it's like i appreciate you doing something else mm-hmm. like i appreciate you trying something yeah but that's not now's not the time for that like now we're building the universe right and we're trying to create consistency but each title will play to a genre strength except for one except for one match I don't know. They're, I mean, they are like, <laughs> like they like each of them is a genre. And the thing is, like, I remember. Um, Which I, I'm not saying. I don't think that's a, bad a mistake. Idea. Yeah. Um, because as much as I love magic, in you know. Oh no. Yeah, there is no Doctor Mirage pitch except for yours. Yeah, but, but like, it's not part of the publishing. It's not initiative. part of the publishing initiative because I don't think it's going to sell out of the. No, game. like when we get to a place, like if this were to be successful, then we'll get to the place where we can start to add to the yes. releases mm-hmm. and then we can start playing with magic mm-hmm. and we and if you're going to play with magic you better you better really again go big yep. you can't like and i don't mean big like the universe is going to end because again like we just blew up the universe from here on out we're going to tell little stories yeah they're interconnected but they're it's about growing yeah for sure. So the characters are Bloodshot, Exo, Ninjak, and Harbinger. And yes. when I say Harbinger, I mean a team. Yeah. Because you got to do a team book. You have to have a team book. In you your superhero, in your comic book universe. But it's useful because it's that mentality of I'm getting all these superheroes for yeah the same price as the other books. Exactly. So uh, the first one, obviously, I think I'm going to d- dump out there is Bloodshot. Go for it. Right. You're going to reboot Bloodshot. You're going to go from like you need somebody who. I think doesn't even have a familiarity with the character, a person who understands genre Mm -hmm. and is, and would be wholly unafraid to do something respectful in terms of within his own universe Mm -hmm. or was in it with his own character, but, uh, genre bending and like different. When I was talking to this creator the other, like a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, Mm -hmm. he mentioned that the Punisher doesn't really fit in the Marvel Universe because all the characters that were... When the Marvel Universe was birthed, it was birthed from the Atomic Age and in response to superheroes in the Uh 60s. They all kind of came out of the same place from the same, like, three or four sources. Mm -hmm. Punisher came in the 70s and he was a response 
to the action cop movie. Right. Which is why he doesn't quite fit in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Because the, the Marvel Universe is a comic book superhero universe, and Punisher came from a Dirty Harry universe. Or a Dirty Harry genre. Right. And when you're and it's fun to bend genres and Tarantino's proven you can. But like <laughs> but it's why Punisher never really gelled for a lot of people until Punisher Max when he pulled him back out of that universe. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think Garth Ennis would be a great pick for yeah. Bloodshot. Uh, because Bloodshot is essentially an action movie character. He is not a superhero. No. No. So I feel yeah. like but he is in a like fantastical interconnected universe mm-hmm. and i think there's room for that i think you can still do that i agree i i i agree with that for sure and and i think that he like you know it's it's not i don't know if i want to call it vigilante vigilantism right. yeah, yeah but like it borderlines it, it exactly so bloodshot i think with garth ennis and you're like garth you're rebooting Bloodshot. Yeah. There's only a couple things I want you to keep. Go nuts with the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to have to be either he's all white or he's got the circle. Sure. And or. Whatever. If he doesn't care and he's like, I'll keep both, all the better. Because he's like the most recognizable character from your universe. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mess it up too much. But again, you need to show you're willing to do something else. Yeah. And I'm not... Garth Ennis. So I'm going to let him come up with that. With the something else. With the something else that makes Bloodshot iconic. Yeah. And also significantly important to this uh, universe. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a little grizzled. He's ha- He'd have to be. He'd be a little angry. Yeah. You know, like, that's just that's just Ennis. You know what right. I mean? Like, the way he might, tends to approach a character. Yeah. Um, But it would be really fun to see him playing in a non-creator-owned universe... That doesn't have like the amount of superheroes in the like that yes. written around right. before. Right. So that that would be cool. I, I could see that. Yeah. Who would draw it? <laughs> so my pitch for that um, would be I'm going to butcher this name like as I always do, but it'd be Mahmoud Asrar, mm-hmm. um, who has drawn Thor, who has drawn Conan. Yep, Conan X Men. I, I wanted. For this pitch, I wanted someone who can draw male anatomy, female anatomy, action, action. sequences, like more visceral ones, ones yeah. that are like just like have that like weight to them, right. like bloodshot should happen. I don't mean like the physical, important. like heavy. I mean that. Imposing. I mean that, like sort of like you know when he when, if he's having an actual like physical fight. Yes. Like I wanted to like you can feel it almost absolutely, and, and I think that he can handle that for oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And I like that because I was picking somebody. I, I wanted somebody like Declan Shalvey. Right. Uh, I've actually it's... seen Shalvey's like Bloodshot before, yeah. and it's it's cool. But at the same time, like I I think it's time for somebody who can like do do that. Yeah. yeah. Like I I think that would be pretty dope. I agree personally. And I and <laughs> and we've proven because it's funny like uh, Ennis likes to work with different with with his own people mm-hmm. with, with the people he's worked with before. The TKO Publishing book Sarah. He never worked with the artist on Sarah before yeah. and it was a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so I think you can do that again. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. Azra would also love to do something with, with Ennis. Yeah. Uh, so Bloodshot would be Garth Ennis. Again, top down, complete reboot. Yeah. We also have variant cover pitches. We did. For the first issue. Yeah. Um, this is just my pick. Okay. I thought it'd be cool um, to kind of like ingratiate yourself with the audience and remind people like, hey, we know what you're doing. Uh, get Tim Bradstreet to do the cover. 
Tim Bradstreet did the covers for the variant cover. Uh, just a special like you know retailer exclusive or something like that. Mm-hmm. But again, you got to play the game. You got to play with the with the variant cover and uh, game. Yeah. Uh, but Tim Bradstreet did the uh, the the Punisher uh, Max, and I believe some of the Punisher Marvel Knights titles when Ennis took over. And oh. that's like the that's the image of everyone's like that's that's everyone's Garth Ennis Punisher is right. Tim Bradstreet's version. Okay. Uh, so that'd be kind of cool. That's cool. I like that. Uh, next up is Exo Manowar. Is a character who uh, has had. It's complicated. It's a tough nut to crack. That's that's his social media. Yeah, like, but know. like not a relationship status no. for himself. It's his status because like EXO on paper should be great. Yeah, but also he's kind of a mess. Yes. Like okay, so there's this Visigoth, uh-huh. and aliens kidnap him. Okay, so it's an alien story about a man at a time, but it's a time. It's a time when he wouldn't speak English. Yes, and then he is re- and he steals a suit. Oh, oh, now there's a suit. Yeah, and the suit's alive. Oh, okay, and the suit looks nothing like the aliens, and also looks kind of like an Iron Man suit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he puts it on, and then he comes back to Earth, and it's the present day. Sure. Oh, so now it's a twice man at a time story where he has a sentient suit and fights plant aliens, and what? Like, what? I don't know. That sounds pretty dope when it, you pitch it like that. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> it is really dope. Sometimes it is dope, and other times they don't know what the hell to do with him. Right. I mean, I appreciate the concept behind XO that, like, he is a mess because <laughs> he shouldn't have this. Right. You know everything I mean? everything that's happened to him shouldn't have happened. Yeah, there's to something him. charming about that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Yeah. But uh when it comes to the reboot, this is the one I'm the most excited about because it's like Exo has almost an iconic design. Yes. Like I love the blue and the and the yellow combination. Yeah. Yes. I, I and I kinda like the suit, but there's something about it that I think needs to change. At least one thing, but I'm going to trust our artist to come up with something even more epic. Oh, for sure. For but sure. that thing is the face plate. Yeah, I, I don't think... I, I think it should be solid. Right. I think it should be solid. We shouldn't see their face. No, no, I like that because it's like... A, that's more terrifying for whatever you're fighting. Right. B, anyone can be XO now. Yeah. It's the Spider-Man effect. Yeah, yeah, Anyone yeah. can be. Yeah, like you can put yourself into that suit then and yeah. like have that connection. But see, why else should Exo have a, a, a darkened face? So my pitch was something that they technically have done before, but my pitch for this, because I actually had a first issue sort of pitch, like not like the leading up to it, but I was yeah. like, you, you got to take Exo and like, I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but take Exo and basically do Metroid. Yeah. So like by the end of the first issue or the first arc, however you want to drag it on, it's revealed that Exo is a woman, but you can't tell from the suit. Right. And it's not that a woman has gotten the armor. It's just, it's always been that because we've rebooted. It's that Eric is a woman. Yeah. And who knows what else Brian K. Vaughn will come up with. That was my, (laughs) my, my pull. I was like, if you're going to do something that involves time travel and space, then I want Brian K. Vaughn because I think he will be able to tell a like really emotionally charged but also action-packed and like keep it all straight yeah while revealing a mystery about the the, the book yeah sort of story for exo right uh and you picked the artist on this one I and did. i was like oh my god i want to see that now it's a person who is no stranger to making interstellar female badasses mm-hmm. and also any number like their art can be it's not just 
feminine. Mm-hmm. Like it's also epic and strong and cool. And like, it, I want to see them on everything. Yeah. Uh, and go ahead. Um, my pitch for the artist for our Brian K. Vaughn written Exo Man of War story would be Jamal Campbell. Jamal Campbell, if you're not familiar, Jamal Campbell draws uh, drew Naomi. Yep. Uh, Green Lantern Far Sector. Uh-huh. Uh, their art is spectacular. Yeah, and I everywhere think... I see it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. What I like about it is like he really handles like a strong color palette well. Yeah. And like yes. his echo exo suit is traditionally that blue and that yellow mm-hmm. color. I I think he'll make it sing. And my my advice to to the to. Vaughn and Campbell when they're like gonna come up with their systemic complete reboot of this character yeah I would go go iconic you can keep the blue and the yellow or you have to come up with a new color palette I wouldn't do that I wouldn't stray that far leave it yeah because I think when I think of Valiant Mm -hmm. like legitimately when I think of Valiant those are the colors I think of really yeah not not the red no I think of blue and yellow that's funny because of exo yeah and because you like that design. and there's no other suit that looks like not that it looks like that there's no other premier superhero with that color palette that's yes there is well yeah. i disagree with that all right <laughs> but like not like not an armor no 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 i mean like listen there's only so many colors that's I, true. I just think that you're right that there is like a, an iconic color palette to the exo suit right and i think that i would love to just see them keep the color palette but you know design around that absolutely like i think that would be cool right right come up with everything else mm-hmm. but and because and, it needs streamlining there's yeah. something about it like and it doesn't need to be like you know sleeker or like it doesn't need like bleeding edge it just they need to come up with what what are you doing with this yeah what is the plan here That's like fair because I, I like you know, is the helmet separate? Is it like a motorcycle helmet? Is it yeah. connected to the suit? Just and look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Ninjack. Yeah, woo. <laughs> Ninjack, right? A British. A British ninja spy. Spy. The spy part, I think, is the key. Yes. Like we all love ninjas, but like there's something about the spy thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like lately it's definitely kind of come back in vogue. True. You and and I mean? no one does spy books anymore. There aren't a whole lot of spy books. There's a James Bond book, but like you don't hear about it. Right. But I mean, you do see a lot of like espionage, spy, political thrillers in other media right yep. now. And so like, I feel like that's a really like niche sort of market that like Ninjak embraces naturally and yes. easily. And also a ninja. And also a ninja. A Again, a, a little bit complicated, but yeah. Yeah. A British ninja. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they're going to be British. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely ne- like necessary to their, mm-hmm. to their component. I, Cause I was like, Oh, screw it. Make them Asian or something like, but again, I would trust this, creative team to just come up with something yep and again it's got to be something new like i would say you know all you know about them is their origin which you're rebooting yep please do something special and yeah new. Uh, who, who would be doing ninjack for you uh for me especially because he's available right now um <laughs> i would pitch simon spurrier yeah uh, simon spurrier uh worked on many things over the years um most recently a Black Label Hellblazer book that I've been like just enjoying the hell out of. And while sure you might associate his name now more with like the supernatural and mystical parts of it, I think he 100% has it in him to tell a British spy ninja story. Uh, Right. Like 100%. If you tell him it's an unrated ninja spy Mm -hmm. who is a British guy. Yeah. 
I think he would go nuts with it. I think 100%. And like, Especially I... now. He's like, he has something to prove. He wants to piss somebody off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but who would draw it? Who has the who has the cojones, the stones, the uh, the, the, the 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 chutzpah? This is this is a total steal from another like martial arts ninja esque character, and, um, and and it would be a it would be an expense. I, this is for me the one where it's expense. like I don't know if you'll be I able to get them. I don't think I'm going to get them. I don't think I honestly don't. But, but like, I liked it so much. I was like, Screw I didn't it. care. Um, I'm going Marco Cicchetto. Marco Cicchetto is such a great pull just because of their ability to balance. characters talking and interacting while also balancing action and like just awesome Mm -hmm. like visuals yeah yeah. he can he can choreograph a fight scene he can choreograph a a a dinner scene his character designs are really really strong Mm -hmm. and he can like if you have chichetto well screw it have him do everything like you know like if and when you do an event or something you could just put him you can put him over there like yeah no for sure but yeah, I love Chichetto. Oh, you, we, you! I'm sorry, we didn't talk about EXO's variant cover artist. Oh yeah. My... So issue one, one time. You yeah. you can get them for one issue. For one issue. For one I cover. Think, I think you could maybe get a Sada Ribic for to do an EXO cover. EXO cover. I I just love that concept. Um, just his, you know. Inking his, actually, I prefer him uninked. I prefer yes. his enhanced pencils. And that would be the direction. No, 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 just do enhanced pencils. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll give the same sensation uh, of the like the the tone for the Brian K. Vaughn style story. Yeah. So I just I love that idea. A really quick Sam Anderson weird pitch, but Ram V and Jock on Shadow Man. Yeah, sure. I'd take that. Yeah, I mean like Ram V, like I'm I'm still trying to get my bearing with a Ram Five. Yes. Um, just because of the changeover from Tynan to him in Justice League Dark. Yes. But Jock, yeah. Uh, Neil and Bradley, great yeah. episode, guys. <laughs> My pitch, Daniel Warren Johnson on Quantum and Woody, and Dan Abnett and Sada Ribic on Exo Man of War. It's funny you mention that because we have a Daniel Warren Johnson pitch. It's not part of the opening lineup, obviously. And no, these do- are like the, if if these sell, yeah. we're going to add these books. Yeah, and so like for me, Daniel Warren Johnson would write and draw Eternal Warrior. Yes. It's such an obvious pick. <laughs> And again, reboot it. Like, Daniel Warren Johnson, do your Eternal Warrior, whatever you want to do. Yep. If Wonder Woman, Dead Earth is any indication, uh, please. Yep, no, for (laughs) sure. Like, I I love that combination of, like, brutality and and world building that he has for his art. For Quantum and Woody, my pitch was Kelly Thompson. Yes. Um, Just because of uh, the experience I've had reading her on... The Deadpool, Deadpool, the the various um, you know Rogue and Gambit books that have come out. Uh, I, I just think she has the right like balance between like taking characters and having like you know two main characters in like a Rogue and Gambit story. Yep. Balancing them. Yep. Um, you know, letting them have like an outside life, but also focusing on whatever's happening in the story. Yeah. But her snark game is like I think right at the correct level for this. No, I agree. Uh, it, it, it I would be okay with that. Um, I know I was I was thinking about I was like who did I want for Quantum and Woody and then I realized like that was that was a Quantum and Woody cartoon series that I was thinking about and that's that's not the same thing <laughs> right 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 but uh, yeah and uh, for for the art I believe you also had a pick for that one as well for Quantum and Woody by the way since we had that time I uh, did yeah that was uh, Gerardo Sandoval that was your pick was it yes oh well I dug Gerardo <laughs> Sandoval I thought he'd be really cool yeah 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 just something that looks like fun crazy action and also you know, exaggerated. Yeah, for sure. A book with a goat in it, you're going to need somebody who knows how to do that kind of thing. Yes. Um, 
Uh, Taylor Pester says, Greg Rucka has experience in espionage, especially British espionage with Queen and Country, so he'd be my pick for Ninjak. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I'm still, I'll still take a Simon Spurrier, though. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, so that was, that was the, 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 not the top. Oh, uh, but for the artist, for the variant cover for Ninjak. We're going Joel Jones. Just why not? Because, yeah. They're great. Yeah, such like such strong art. Such yeah. strong art. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Again, these are these are the variant covers, the retailer exclusives, the things where it's like the main cover would obviously be done by the main artist on the book. Yeah. But then you see the variant, and you're like, what? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's supposed to it'll get the rest. It'll get the variant like it'll get the speculator who's like really trying to get that. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason too that I really liked Spurrier for Ninjack is his ability to pivot between like a like reality based world yeah. and a like non reality based world in right. like Hellblazer where we see him managing like the like day to day in England and yes. then the of course the fantastic yeah the fantastic and with Ninjak it's the reality base of spies and MI6 and all of that absolutely and like not that ninjas aren't realistic no but, but it's, you don't see them in everyday life you don't see them in everyday life and they tend to of course like skew in like media into the more fantastic absolutely. And, I, and I would love to see that yeah uh, and finally Harbinger uh, this is a team book <laughs> uh, I think this is the one that you go full superhero right and this was the one that we like it was literally a last second swap out last night right before I went to bed I was like what about this person and I was like oh shit <laughs> Yeah, and it's a person that I think would be happy to take this job sure. and like and want... prove how important they like how important they could be and how great they are. Yeah, do you want to mention the original pitch like art like writer for this? Yeah, who was the original pitch now? It's Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor. Yeah, we love Tom Taylor. We think he'd be great. We just want him to be a part of this. I almost was like, we'll take Spurrier off Ninja, and I was like, I really no, want Spurrier no, no. on Ninja. Uh, but Tom Taylor knows how to juggle characters. He has reverence for like niche. Uh, you know, like fan favorite beloved characters mm-hmm. and would really do a nice job with it. But Peter J. Tomasi gets youth and yes. he has something to prove. Yeah, and he can like juggle characters. Yes, like, that's the thing. He can juggle characters at, like it's no one's business yeah. and tell something that can be like a high flying, like sort of like, you know, whatever kind of like story, but also make it matter. Yeah. And he has the ability to like bend genre and talk about like what he can do lighthearted or serious or deep or whatever. So mm-hmm. you have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I picked the artist for this one yes, and I don't know if I was necessarily right for it. I, I would love to, you know, I, I'll, I'll take pitches, not mm-hmm. necessarily today, but you know, in general, but like, I thought Gabriel Walta from vision uh, would be really good on this. Um, their ability to do, uh, Walter's ability to, with nuanced character design Mm. and can get like faces right, uh, and has that ability to give you the mundane and the interactions of characters that you want on a team book with young characters. You want to see them interact. You want it to feel like, uh, you know, like the best possible gen 13 or an X-Men. Yeah. But you also want those moments those moments that like blow your mind yeah. it's not 1993 anymore we can't have jim lee on x-men and just have every moment be like holy shit just constant but, like, yelling and, and also i think like the average person is kind of like w- would get exhausted mm-hmm. but like when it comes to walta you can get that like singular moment where you're like holy yeah. shit like 
Now, I, I, I hear you 100%. I will say he's not 100% my pick, but I didn't have anyone else because the other person I would have considered is already on a book we, we pitched. Yes. Because it'd be Jamal Campbell. Right, Jamal Campbell would be amazing. And the only reason I say that is because like I'm just concerned that Walter will take it in a more adult way and, and it won't match up It's not 100%. supposed to feel that way, yeah. Yeah, and I think when it was Tom Taylor, that might have fit a little bit more so because he might have skewed them a little older. True. For sure. Yeah. But like with, with Tomasi, I'm not 100% on that. No. I mean, and I would say get, get, get Gleason on on it because those two are a dream team but uh, Gleason's already drawing Spider-Man sometimes so yeah. like he's not gonna go back yeah no it's true but uh, maybe because he just likes working with him. that's true yeah and that's the other thing is that like if you get Garth Ennis you're gonna get an artist who's gonna wanna work with Garth Ennis yeah. if you get Brian K. Vaughn Jamal Campbell would probably jump ship to do 6 to 12 issues yeah. and so forth J- Tomasi if he's like Gleason we gotta do this come on Pat they would work together. Yeah. Like, Pat would be like, okay, come on. Yeah, and I feel like with Harbinger, you have just the nature of where the team was coming from. Yeah. I think you have a lot of opportunity to reinvent, but also make longtime fans still feel comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. It doesn't have to be exactly as it was. No, just um, like you said, feeling. Yeah, it, it'll just have that sensation. But, like, I think Harbinger also has the most opportunity to get those fun like we're having a great time moments followed with the gut punch and also i think that it needs that's that could be your invincible yeah where it's like invincible is the book that came out for people who are like i'm missing something for my superhero books mm-hmm. and so they get that feeling that like ultimate spider-man feeling and then the the the, the bottom drops out yeah but i've already got you mm-hmm. and you didn't expect it so i've I've really got you. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if it might have turned you off because of the violence or because of, like, the gravity, I got you because you're invested. Right. And honestly, like, I gotta say, like, a Peter J. Tomasi written Harbinger could be the, like, bones for a, like, Amazon Harbinger series. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. Now I'm getting off books. Right. <laughs> uh, Alex Cash says, my pitch to make Room for a Third Universe a format shakeup, one weekly book called Valiant, two to three stories per issue, rotating through different titles, one price, one book to pull, all at Valiant. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I call it The Valiant. Yeah, The Valiant. That was actually a book during the old guard. Yeah. It was a kind of team, I guess. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, it was, but it was a way to highlight, out. like, look at all the characters. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a smart idea. Yeah, and that's kind of like, yes, like, our Western comics have definitely done that style of book before, but that always makes me think of Eastern comics. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like, which, why wouldn't it's, you? It's not a bad model. Well, you gotta, <laughs> ape, you, at some point or another, we've gotta start, like, aping off of other people's models that sell. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, that would be the, the lineup, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, the variant cover, I think you get Jorge Jimenez for one. I day. would like to think so. One variant cover of the team by Jorge Jimenez. Come on. Especially if he's like, Oh, D- Tomasi and Gleason are doing this. Cause mm-hmm. I, I kicked Gawalta off. Now it's Gleason. All right. Cause you can get him. Yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, Jimenez would be like, all right. Sure, why not? <laughs> like I can imagine Jimenez being like valiant called, uh, is that in violation of my contract DC and DC being like, no, 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 no. <laughs> What is it? One one cover? Knock yourself out. No. As a co- well, I mean, like as a cover, it might also just fall under different like yeah, guidelines that's true. for their contracts. Because so I've seen fine. like it's I, I, I noticed that, that like though. image creator owned books sometimes are exceptions in creator exclusivity contracts. Yeah. So I can imagine that like if doing a variant cover, especially if it's not like your friend's variant cover or some Kickstarter book, it's like no no no, it's it's being published by Valiant. Like, yeah. It's a real book, mm-hmm. but it's also not a true competitor because it's like we're not 
they're not going to eat into the sales of your book. Well, I would I would say it's also like if you're asking to do a variant cover for an artist you have working on like pages. Yeah. Like it's not a competition because they're like someone's not going over there to get the art in the pages. No, they're just there to grab the cover. Yeah. So like I would say that's how it's not competition. Yeah. So I have this timeline of events for the for this whole thing. Mm -hmm. It would be the death, the reboot, the growth, and the growth is all about building up the universe towards the first major event. Mm -hmm. And the first major event would be that that's it. It's you have an event. Yeah. You set it. You you Valley doesn't do this, but maybe they should, because if you've gotten this audience mm -hmm. and they're used to shakeups and rebirths and blowing up and everything that you you have to sell them on this event. Right. And the first event is this basically this massive thing that brings random plot threads together, but threatens to destroy everything, but only creates. Okay. I think that's where you get Toyo Hirata, by the way. But like, you make it feel huge, uh -huh. but you don't make it, it's not the spider aliens, like you make it big, and you make it, the stakes matter, but at the end of the day, internally you know you're not killing anyone off. Right. You feel like you like it might. As you're a reader, you're like, oh my god, they're going to kill this, they're going to kill that. No one dies, mm -hmm. and you build up. Like, maybe in that event, you establish Dr. Mirage, or you establish, you know what I mean? But, sure. like, through that event, you set up and you only build outward. That event okay. is your cash infusion that allows you to then branch out into Archer and Armstrong, Shadow Man, or Rye. Okay. Uh, we didn't talk about those books as well, but, like, those are three other titles yeah. that I'd like to see. Mm -hmm. Uh and those would be those would be born out of that, but mm -hmm. it's all about birth. Uh, so the first event, and then it's rebirth, which has new phase, new creative teams, new allegiances, and then you establish consistency. Evergreen stories for all the characters. Mm -hmm. Every character gets an arc. Those arcs are evergreen. Those are the books that you put like the, you slap a really you take that variant cover, slap that cover on that trade, and you're like, oh, you want to read Rye? Boom. You want to read Bloodshot? Boom. And these are the the evergreen stories that are just like, oh, there's a day in the life of this new universe. Right. Uh, then it's the next event, and the next event would be character driven. You scale it down big time. Okay. The stakes are emotional, personal. They're not world building right not, not world, world destroying yeah the first event suggests the world might die right even though you just rebooted even though you just rebooted but like you gotta get that big flash in the pan yeah yeah, yeah. and then you you've tempered their expectations and then you get to the personal the, the personal event yeah but the, and you also establish like hey i can look forward to an event every so often mm -hmm. and those events are and i can't predict what those events are going to be and then you do the shake-up out of that event okay but the shake-up because you have to you have to keep things fresh uh, this is a five-year plan, by the way. This is not every. T this is not two years. Get this your is, binder. This is yeah. This is five <laughs> years of planning. Yeah. Uh, where you give your audience a chance to breathe, but not a chance to leave. Okay. Breathe, not leave. Like it's just about. Oh, like I'm. I'm finally comfortable in Bloodshot. Whoop! Something happens. Okay. And it's earned, and it's a moment that you're like, oh no, I need to know what happens. So in your five-year plan, yes. do we ever deal with the original reasoning for the reboot? Like, yes. when do we deal with that? With the spider aliens? Yeah. With, with, with Solar? Yeah. That's after the shakeup. Okay. The shakeup, I think, might be... Because, like, the shakeup is going to... It's like Civil War, where it's like the shakeup is... a like. Alliances are changed, teams are formed, Harbinger breaks up. Now, like, Bloodshot's on Harbinger. You know, it's like something like, <laughs> it's that kind of shakeup. Yeah. Where, like, everything is different, but earned because it's story-driven. Okay. And 
that's when and everything is unfamiliar mm -hmm. but you're with your character mm -hmm. and that's when you establish like hey remember that thing we set up a couple years ago that's that's when they're gonna strike okay and you as the reader are like oh no they're not even close to ready they're right. not even where they were right, right. like they can't possibly be ready for that are we almost doing like a is it, is it going to be themed to like the idea of the terminator kind of mythos where it's mm. like there's no fate except for that which you make but like still things seemingly are leading up to it where it's like yeah, hey, like, you, you change things up, but the universe is going to fix itself. Right. Like, those spider aliens are coming. Like, yeah. They're going to find a way to get here. And they're going to come here sooner. Like, yeah, yeah. Is that is that when it turns out that, like, somehow they've been, like, like a mysterious whatever's been communicating with, like, a Toyo Harada? Yeah. And, like, like right. feeding them the information about, like, you know, the hell, yeah. like, well, Harada may... wants to, like, you know, make the world better and, like, yeah. by, like, conquering it. Uh -huh. And it's, like... You know, he's... Well, because that's why he would be the first, the impetus behind the first event. Right. Where you're like, oh shit. And you make it, you don't, you don't show like a scene throughout the event where he's like communicating with the, with, with the other, with the other. Yeah. But instead you set it up like later where it's mm. like, you know that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. And then you pay it off. You secret invasion it. Mm -hmm. Because again, like, you know, yeah. Oh, Bendis, uh, secret invasion. It's sold like, like crazy. Yeah. And don't tell me it didn't blow your mind when you picked up Avengers Assembled and you open up that double-page splash of Avengers Mansion exploding and then look in the foreground and see the silhouettes of Skrulls there yeah. and go, holy shit, no. That moment needs to be there. Yeah. And especially if you're going to pull in people who expect those kinds of moments. Because mm -hmm. that's the thing. At the end of the day, Valiant's never going to say, oh, no, no, we don't want those readers because they're going to expect different things. No, no, no. They do. They want those readers. Mm -hmm. And I think this is how you're going to get them and how you're going to give them something a little different. In yes. fact, hopefully drastically different, but still emotionally satisfying and familiar. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I think the approach to a, to a reboot that yeah. is important. And yeah. without and, us having like, without us like put, stepping on the toes of the creators. Exactly. Like, I don't know what Garth Ennis's bloodshot's going to look like. I don't know what Brian K. Vaughn's going to do with this new female Samus Aaron Exo. But I want to see that. Yeah. What's her connection to them? Maybe we get rid of the friggin' plant monsters and make it the spider monsters. Like, oh, I like that for the reboot. Right? Like, yes. Make it a little more connected. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that, like, and that's that, by the way, I set up Harada because, of course, you're expecting Harada, but you get yeah. that out of the way. No, you are. And, like, and then you come up with a new thing for And the him. creators will, like, would have room to potentially create new. Oh, villains. antagonists yeah. or, or, or motivations. Yeah, within there. Yeah. But again, the reason why we're choosing these characters, these creative teams, is not just because like we think they're cool, but also because they're gettable. These are people who you could theoretically get. It's not only just that, but I think they're like good fits as well. And yeah. I, and like they're things that I think that we would enjoy reading. And I, I think agree. people would be excited by what they might have to tell. And I think a lot of them are creators who have their own followings. Right. Who might be like, I want to check this out. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just an idea. It's a thought exercise. It was just a, play, a place to play. Uh, and it's a place to play big. With mm -hmm. DC, like, yeah, you could, you DC, Marvel, you could get anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a little bit more, like, frustrating because, like, you don't, the sky's the limit. You could pick anybody. Yeah. Like, be like, okay, I'm putting Sinkovich back on New Mutants. Like, there's, you could do anything. With this, you have to think about it. You have to be strategic and you have to think about sales. You have to think about what they can achieve. Remember, we didn't launch 52 new titles. No. Four, which is, I think, one more than Valiant puts out. So it's like, yeah. it's four titles. It's why the Death of Valiant, the Death of Valiant, the four part event, those are the books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's Death of Valiant and then three single issues. 
and then you reboot. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, let us know what character you'd like to see rebooted from the Valiant Universe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, we had an Archer and Armstrong, Shadow Man and Rye pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe we'll do them someday. I don't know. Well, I don't, don't want to, you know. I don't, I don't know. But we're, we're going over too long and I wanted to just wrap up. So I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you to our super chatters. I think we got to everybody. I think so uh, too. But, and, and I think we also want to make sure like, hey, if you were interested in what we were talking about today... I would highly recommend you go check out the Valiant Universe. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, if, if any of these characters that we were, like, talking about giving you any, like, you know, backstory of, but might have seen, like, something you're interested in, like, right. there's a whole universe of characters that you may not have checked out at all. Yeah. Neil and Bradley said, where would you put Stefan Sejic, Kenneth Rockefort, and Mir Mirka and Dolfo? Um, Rockefort's rough. Yeah. I like his art so much. <laughs> but I don't know where to put him. Yeah. And, like... Cedric, I would uh, maybe see Cedric likes to write, but he also like does a great job with yeah. art. And I already put Del Mundo on Doctor Mirage, but I would also consider Stefan Cedric for that as well. Yeah, just because of like his visuals are gorgeous, but like they need to be loose, and I think that's a great fit. Yeah, for like storytelling and art style as well. So yeah. I go with either of them. And Dolfo, I put on Faith. Oh yeah 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 okay. Because like it. I think it it needs to be like it, it needs to have some kind of like otherworldly quality to it. It needs to feel like I don't know. Yeah. Just to have that. Super. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Of course, we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode. Uh stay tuned for more tomorrow back issues. It's gonna be on a Tales from the Dark Multiverse story I'm very excited about. You Ooh. demand because you demanded it. Uh but we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode, of course. And hey, there's more. Go to twitch.tv slash TV. Watch this young lady play video games. It's a lot of fun. Uh there's so much to come from that. Uh mm. and it's gonna be a lot of right, you're playing today? Yeah. Yeah. What time? Uh I try to go between four thirty and five. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. So. So. We'll see how, how the rest of my work day goes. Yeah. But go to <laughs> twitch.tv slash comic pop and hit the follow button so you know when it goes live. Mm -hmm. It costs you nothing to do that. And it's yeah. just an opportunity to like do that. Yeah. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys next week. All right. So long, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>